0: Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: In case you have not heard, there is a very important election coming up. November 3rd of 2020 and we think it is very important that you are registered to vote if you are eligible that you actually vote either in person or by mail and that you just know all of this information you know your rights all that and that is why we would encourage you highly to check out vote.org
0: Yes, vote.org is amazing. Not only do they have a running countdown of days, hours, minutes, and seconds left until the election, they have resources for you to check your registration. So if you're not sure if you're registered, they can help you check and register if you can. You can find ways to register through this website. It takes less than two minutes to register to vote. They can help you with resources to vote by mail. If you can't or do not want to vote in person on election day, you can request your absentee ballot through vote.org. And you can get election reminders. They will remind you when and what you need to vote so that you never miss an election again.
2: Yeah, and if you are too young to vote right this minute, but you will be... 18 or older as of November 3rd, then you can pledge to register to vote. You can also go to vote.org to find a polling place locator so you, mm-hmm. it just has a full list, state by state, all your polling places. You can become a poll worker if you really want to get involved mm-hmm. and help the rest of America vote. And that's a paid position. Mm-hmm. Get
0: some extra money during these hard times.
2: Yeah. And super important, almost as important as voting, is filling out the 2020 census. And so you can also do that from vote.org. And the census does not ask you about your immigration status. Correct. Mine out the other day. Mm -hmm. So did I. It's super important. Took two minutes. And vote.org also has all kinds of, you know, special COVID 19 election related information and also resources for the election protection hotline if anyone is trying to suppress your right to vote. So you can report that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So be a
1: responsible citizen, do your part. Check out vote.org for all of your
2: voting and election news treat your democracy. Treat it. it. You are listening to Whining Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: That we do for chugging
2: today. Yeah. I'm Kenyon, yet again, Someone couldn't understand me here in Louisville because of my <laughs> Minnesotan accent. Amazing. <laughs> she was, was like, what's that? You're from
0: another land.
1: <laughs> are you a witch? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> uh, I'm Lucy, definitely a witch. Yeah you, mm-hmm. you, though. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm Amanda, and I'm menstruating. So, mm-hmm. you know. You're a witch. So I'm definitely, I'm a <laughs> yeah. red witch right now. Yeah. <laughs> a sloppy
1: red witch. Oh god.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. It's so sloppy. I have a tampon in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what, what's going on here? So
2: <laughs> We're getting all of our feels out. We had a lot of fine. technical difficulties. It's we're fine. Good. Okay. We're good. So, we have a very special fan pick this week. Brought mm-hmm. to you by Jency Reardon,
0: mm-hmm. and we will um, get to why it's so special.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. Z, don't give it away. I yeah. won't, but yeah. there's we will get to it with Amanda's case. It's, um, we actually interview
0: her live from prison. Just no. <laughs> I wish Ow. that's on my bucket list.
2: We've gotten email offers from. I know, but that guy was weird, and I didn't want to. No, I didn't want to either. I I didn't want to give him a platform. That is, Jency. We're sorry (laughs) to sully your name. As far as we know, you're not in prison. I'm sure she's fine. But also, do
1: you remember before the Houston show? Yes, one of our shows when I kept getting phone calls from From a penitentiary. Will accept. This call from blah 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 penitentiary, yes, and at we first were I in was the like, dressing room. No. and then he kept calling, and, and then so we were like, I "Yes, answered. answer it."
0: <laughs> like the three of us holding hands, supporting you.
1: <laughs> he had the wrong number. And He was yeah. really nice, and he was very sweet. Yeah. yeah. So. forgot his name, but we chatted for like a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it was great. I know you're on borrowed time right now, but (laughs) I'm just going to chat you up because I'm a Midwestern stranger. Want me to
2: take a photo of you? (laughs) Want one all together? Do all one all (laughs) together?
0: The only hospitable act that Lucy does, and she does it. Fucking everywhere, even if we're running like an hour behind at the airport in security.
2: It's the only hospitable All three act. Of you together.
0: Well, you your a, only hospitable creating
2: act. Creating memories for other people. <laughs> if a kindly white woman has offered to take your group photo, it was, it was likely Lucy. It was <laughs> like Lucy.
0: It's, I should amend this. It's not the only hospitable thing you do. It's the only like extroverted hospitable thing you do. Yeah, you're, you're like yes. eager to approach a group trying to take you. F- it's like a radar. You find yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. You can like smell it. It's so yeah. bizarre.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kenyon, know, remember when we were in Bemidji and we were by the Paul the Bunyan? Midge. The yes, we were by the Paul Bunyan, and there was that family trying to yeah. And I was like, "Do you, you want one all together?" And then they had a really nice camera. They were clearly like out of towners, <laughs> and I like. Got down on the ground so I could get, like, Paul Bunyan in their photo from, like, the perspective. And the one of the women in the group just goes, oh, my God, she's on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Sir. I'm here to cater to your family's memories. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say?
2: You're welcome. You hired mm-hmm. me for a half day. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I'll invoice you later.
2: Okay. Anyway, it'd be funny to
1: find out that Lucy
0: actually has been invoicing all of these unsuspecting (laughs) groups this whole time, and I did such a good job raking it in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I don't know, we paid it, yeah. Okay, all right. None of this is- Wait, what's even the topic? Oh, yeah. Group photo crimes. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Gen (laughs) Z. All right, Gen Z's very special fan pick is Mm -hmm. Crimes Solved by America's Most Wanted, the television show. Such a show. Yeah. The banger show. Mm -hmm. And actually (laughs) solved a lot of crimes. I'm sure we will get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, thank All right. God. Well, let's get first to the wine crime Let's Get to it, Mama needs it. Yep. Yeah, it's
1: gonna betwixt this between my a little f- sneak peek myself. I couldn't wait. That's yeah, fair. took us so fucking long to get going. I Hard get it. <laughs> I just <laughs> I sat here my staring giant at this wine glass,
0: prepped bottle, let's unable to pop it. Oh, All right, Amanda needs her. Okay, so yes, the wine-crime <laughs> pairing, here we go. Today we are drinking Wink Wine Club's Far and Wide Toriga Nacional, because like, duh, mm-hmm. could not be more perfect for an America's Most Wanted.
2: Yeah, you can yeah. run far, you can go wide, but you will be caught. Yep, they're searching mm-hmm. far and wide. Mm -hmm.
0: And a quick reminder that Wink Wine Club is an online wine club that delivers wine to your door or your local Walgreens or wherever you choose to have it. FedEx pickup location. It's amazing. They have an ever-changing and updating inventory. And if you weren't already a member, actually now is a really fun time to join because, A, the holidays are right around the corner, people, and it's not going to be the same as it was last year. Right. You're not going to have a lot of people <laughs> around you, so you may as well have a lot of wine around you.
2: Yeah, replace yeah. your loved ones with alcohol. Yep. Put Just set them eyes up around the table. Put on the bottles, yeah. yes, and put them at the table. Yeah. Sing carols. This Give isn't Give each one people a
1: stocking.
0: And a scarf. Do a secret Santa gift exchange. (laughs) And then you end up drinking all of them. I see no Uh notes on this. And they actually just added a bunch of new Mm -hmm. inventory that I hadn't seen before. Like, this is one of the biggest inventory overloads that I've seen since being a member, which we've now been, all of us have been members for like three years now. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, You get member pricing and member recommendations, which is so great. And if it's your first time ordering from Wink, you can get $20 off your first box at trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash gals. So check it out. You can also order a la carte. It makes an amazing gift. Like if you order enough wine, you yeah. get like credits to send somebody a free box. Like it's such a cool, awesome, you know, exper- user experience. The website's gorgeous. Their customer service is amazing.
1: It's also, I'd like to add cider season. Yeah. Yes, they've got ciders. Like sparkling yeah, they ciders. So good
0: delicious. Yes. So from Wink the far and wide explores single varietals from the far reaches of the globe like Torriga Nacional which is Portugal's most revered indigenous red grape. Originally native to northern Portugal, Torriga Nacional is a small thick skinned grape traditionally used in the production of port wines and yes we have had this wine before but it was a different vintage. So mm-hmm. some of this might sound repetitive because we've kind of talked about this varietal. However it makes a strong case for its increasing use to make dry red wines, and this Mm. bottle helps showcase why. Grown in the Lisbon area, the grapes for this wine saw aging in stainless steel, which is great. really doesn't alter the natural flavor of the grape. This results in an aromatic red that shows red fruits, herbs, and spice. With a lighter-bodied profile, it can be served slightly chilled, Mm -hmm. um, which right now in Minnesota, it's like 45 degrees, so I just had this sitting out on my bar, and it's like a nice, just, it's a little over- are under room temperature, so I'm excited about that. Mm. Um, it makes it a great summer into fall red to pair with grilled meat. So, this is like a really yeah. good transitional red wine for the season.
2: Yeah, it's like it, you need a sweater in the morning and mm-hmm. you need a port wine in the evening. Yeah. A Tariga national
0: Exactly. Technically, this is not a port, but yes. So it's fruit forward with an earthy balance and tasting notes of caramel, mushroom, raspberry, and red cherry. This is a medium bodied wine with a dry finish that clocks in at a nice high 13.8% ABV, which works really well since we are struggling and doing a drunk dive after this.
2: Yes. (laughs) So if you want to hear
0: that and see this episode on video, you got to go head to our Patreon and you can give at any level to get those perks.
2: You want to see our dirty hair and no makeup except for a little lipstick. I My hair is clean, but I am not wearing makeup. I showered and applied makeup today.
0: Good for you. Well,
2: so. I applied lipstick today. Good job. Somebody <laughs>
0: tries. <laughs> okay. okay. Are we ready to pop? Yep. Yes. Using our nice pop wine key from wine and crime podcast.bigcartel.com. Mm. Just crushing all these shout outs. Here we go, eventually.
2: Oh, that was a really good pap. Nice. Yeah, that pap it was. It a was. really good one. Oh, yeah. this wine's All right, gorgeous. Good. That's it's nice making up for a lot inky. of technical difficulties. Mm. All mm-hmm. right. Cheers, my dears. Cheers. Cheers. Mm.
0: Ooh.
2: Mm. I'm very excited for your drunk dive after this episode. And I plan to get after it. Y'all,
0: you do not yeah. even, like, if you are not a patron, this mm-hmm. drunk dive is slappy bonks <laughs> that's all I gotta say
1: that was the new one you will be
0: missing out if you do slappy not slappy bananas peep peep this day. slappy bananas slappy bananas <laughs> sloppy bananas sloppy bananas
1: <laughs> okay it's a bonanza of sloppy bananas yuck
2: <laughs> okay all right. Anyway, I don't know why I said sloppy bananas. Sloppy bananas. It works. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. it sloppy
0: bananas. Sloppy bananas.
2: a bananas. That? It's not even like that movie is that good, but that no. part. No, that movie is really funny. <laughs> I love that movie. Okay. Lucy's taste in comedy
0: always uh, seems questionable to me.
1: I love that film. Although you finally
0: did watch Ghost Ship, so I'm very happy about that.
1: Ghost Ship? I'm on the Ghost Ship yep. ship. Yep. <laughs> I'm on board. All aboard the ghost ship. <laughs> I don't know what specifically that is. for the first six minutes, I, that's and what I then said. like an hour and twenty minutes in, there's like two five-minute scenes that are, that are actually worth good. It. Yep, and it's just flaming trash yep. the rest of the 90's way. But garbage, it's kind of incredible. Pioneered by Juliana
0: Margulies. Yes, you need to watch Ghost Ship, Kenyon. You will. <laughs> was
2: I watched Kate, Homeward Bound yesterday. Yeah, you
0: did. By myself Shadow.
2: in the afternoon. It was Apple. like 3
0: p.m. and I had we hadn't heard from her in a while. And just this one text, Homeward Bound holds up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and one of the kitties like, that I'm yeah. kitty sitting looks just like Sassy. Really she does. Just mm. like Sassy. Okay.
2: Mm. All right. All right. We're moving on. Lucy, what is our background in psych, probably not psych, maybe, for America's Most Wanted? You know, before I get to that, I just really want to reiterate
1: how annoying it is that the climate paid no role in Ghost Ship. Right. They're in the <laughs> Arctic. They're in tank tops. They're swimming around. Mm-hmm. This bitch was in two explosions. Yep. She's unscathed. Uh, not even a singed eyebrow. <sighs>
0: anyway. And in a tank right. top the entire time.
2: Th- wet and in a tank top in the Arctic. Arctic, classic. Yeah. How? What's the nip situation? No nip. Yeah. No soft. Mm-hmm. What? Padded. it yeah. <laughs> Really? This padded. was like
0: pre that episode of Friends where Jennifer Aniston popularized the nipple bra.
1: Yeah. Pre Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I yep. think. Mm-hmm. Well, this was 2002, I believe. Oh, then that's
0: ghost I think, ship.
1: I
2: think that's- definitely already had Tomb Raider then.
1: And we would have, yeah. And Friends. And probably that episode of Friends, so no. mind. You know, mind. It probably was in Juliana Margulies' contract to not do the nip. No, Get nip. it, girl. And there was plenty of nip from the ghost singer, if you know what I mean. Whatever the flips nude. your nip. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, once again, passing the baton. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> we should do ghost ship
0: crimes. Honestly, let's just do a whole episode talking about ghost ship.
1: The whole movie is a crime. Yeah. It fits. I don't know what's happening. You might think you'll have
0: to watch Ghost Ship in preparation for that episode.
1: It's available for rent on Amazon for $2.99. Best $2.99 I've ever spent. Torf. Here it. we go. America's Most Wanted is an American reality legal TV program. It's an American produced? ghost ship <laughs> <laughs> located in the American Arctic. Oh, no. Produced by 20th Television, which ran from 1988 to 2012. At the time of its cancellation by Fox to be replaced by Ghost Ship,
0: just <laughs> Ghost Ship running on a loop.
1: <laughs> I'd Aside from to Ghost ship. ship on a loop, America's Most Wanted was the longest running program in the network's history at 25 seasons. Why would wow. they have ever canceled it is my question. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that record of 25 seasons has been since surpassed by The Simpsons, which mm. why? Who? Watches new episodes of The Simpsons. A lot of wait, they're still
2: creating new episodes, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. Like
1: the classics are the classics. I used to watch The Simpsons religiously, but are they really churning out like good content
2: anymore? Have Bart and Lisa grown at all?
0: No, it's a cartoon. No, and there's a new Marge voice, and it's distracting, in my opinion. Oh,
1: really? Mm -hmm. See, this just okay, let it go. Why would you let go of your biggest cash cow? Mm. It's true. It's a huge cash cow. Mm. After leaving Fox, the program moved over to Lifetime for about a year. But due to low ratings, plus all of the royalties it still had to pay to Fox, mm. because Fox still held, held the trademark and the copyright, the show eventually met its end in March 2013. Well, that's but a still cry from and shame. 88 to 2013. That's wild. How many years is that? There's no way to know. <laughs>
2: How old were we in 2012?
1: There's no way to simple math. There's still no
2: way to know. Well, if it was on for
0: 25 seasons, that would be... 88
1: to... Okay, 12 plus 13 is what? 25. So 25 years.
2: Oh, my God.
1: What? Did you get it right? I did
2: it in my head, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) 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 She used her calculator. I Don't buy it. There's video. Saw
2: it. There's
1: videos where a lot were your hands cut out of the frame. <laughs> show us your hands, <laughs> tell mathematician. Us, tell us what you did. Show us your abacus. <laughs> <laughs> your abacus. <laughs> okay, so the show itself is hosted by John Walsh and we'll get oh. to John Walsh. <laughs> yeah, we will. And features reenactments of dangerous fugitives portrayed by actors with on-camera interviews and voiceover narration throughout. It is dramatique. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same recipe as any other forensic files. Forensic files, unsolved mysteries, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's the mm-hmm. same shit. Each episode implored its viewers to call a toll-free hotline with any information about the whereabouts of the featured fugitive.
0: I was mm-hmm. always
2: so desperate to, to see
0: one of the fugitives to, to have
2: to call some, the number. Yeah, to have something to add. Uh, yeah. Never. Same. Never name.
1: Never. Mm-mm. So the premise became watch television catch criminals. Oh wow. Which is like very American. Yep. I want to save the world. Mm-hmm. I want to protect my kin. I'm but a I'll patriot. do it by watching
0: TV on my couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to leave my <laughs> TV room. Which I get. My and television one is my longest yeah. and most successful relationship.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So no shame and also here. uh America's most wanted kind of went through re reiterations and one of them was America's most wanted America fights back oh my god it's like you can tell what they're really
0: cashing in on going post 9-11 vibe Mm,
1: yeah really eight year old me
2: after school oh
1: yeah (laughs) and the tactic worked Within 4 days of the first broadcast, a top 10 FBI most wanted fugitive named David James Roberts was captured as a direct result of the TV show. Wow. Yep. And he just FYI was a convicted killer who had recently dug his way out of prison with a small axe.
0: Hot. I'm going to paint my nails by the way.
1: <laughs> Pressure and
0: Tam. Ooh, what color? It's me being an Instagram um
2: Fluencer? What are they
0: called? I almost said enthusiast. <laughs> Did Kenyon say fluencer? Fluencer. I
2: was
1: joking. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to do it. A- As I'm just holding up my bottle of nail polish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> LA Girls ColourPop Silver Sparkle.
1: Ooh.
2: <laughs> mm. a cherry Red. Jungle Red. <laughs> I'm okay. just going to drink. I'm yeah. both. <laughs>
1: On May second, two thousand eight, the show announced its one thousandth capture, not episode. Capture?
2: capture, capture. We had a thousand wow. cases sure. to choose from.
1: Wow. Well, there's more than one fugitive per episode. That's mm-hmm. true. Normally. They do these little like mm-hmm. snippets, like little vignettes. Yep. Mm-hmm. They also did, throughout its run, go from a 60-minute episode to 30 minutes to 60 to 30 and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Zip, zap, zip, zap.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any idea
0: the physical and emotional toll? Three episodes of America's Most Wanted (laughs) has on a
1: person. And they had just, like, spinoffs and whatever. So, Mm. yes. Under the umbrella of AM Dub, a thousand (laughs) captures. By May 20, 2008. That's cool. Good lord. AM dub. AM dub. Many of these fugitives had connections outside of the U.S. or didn't have anything to do with the U.S. at all. They were just like Interpol, like mm-hmm. sure you know, international people of mystery. Mm-hmm. After the first international capture in nineteen eighty nine in Nova Scotia, so this was only uh, the year years. after this. Yeah. Did the they flew after.
0: their Learjet up to Nova Scotia to, <laughs> to see, see a the total, total eclipse
1: of the sun? You're, You're so vain. vain, Learjet. Yeah, I, mean. I didn't know what the lyrics were. Oh my word! <laughs> I I don't, know, I don't know what I thought it was. <laughs> well, we just witnessed a very epic moment, folks. I thought I think I thought it was cute shit. <laughs> well, I flew my cute shit up to Nova Scotia. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to listen to that song later. We don't have time. (laughs) Yes, you just witnessed, for all of you watching on video, that was my brain melting out of my ears. Wow. Silence.
2: (laughs) Extended silence. Learjet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bathroom on the right. I thought the call was dropped. I was like, hello? (laughs) The most important thing. But most importantly... Silence. <laughs> okay. All right. So after the first international capture, John Walsh was like, "Oh fuck, this is really working." I yeah. have a career so sh- now. So the show broadened its scope to report on criminals all over the world. Didn't he experience some family tragedy? Mm-hmm. You will get to it. <laughs> oh, okay. <good. laughs> we will get to it. <laughs> so here's a little background on America's Most Wanted, the television show. The concept came from two European programs. Mm. Germany's. Ich da aber eine Klaubfuß. Live. Yes. Ach, Achtenzeichen XY dot dot dot. Ungelost. <laughs> oh, s- super lost. Super Which lost. Which actually is. is <laughs> file reference XY dot dot dot. Unsolved. Um, super lost. Ungelost yes. is unsolved. Achtenseichen Okay. Ungelost. There's supposed to be an umlaut over X, that y- O. Y- that's, That's French. French. <laughs> which first aired in 1967. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> and also the British show Crime Watch, which first aired in 1984. And CBS over here stateside had aired a similar show in the U.S. called, uh, called Wanted in 1955. So there was a precedence for mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. k- dragnet shows. Wow. Mm-hmm. In the summer of 1987, which I mm. might note was a great summer. Great vintage. Great vintage. Fox executive Stephen Chow and executive producer producer Michael Linder conceptualized this updated show, and the search began for the perfect host. There we go. Go. found him. Among those considered for the job were former police officer and best-selling author Joseph Wamball.
2: Wambaugh Is he mm-hmm. the one Wham-ba. who— Cracked that arsonist case. Yeah,
0: he did. He wrote the His, book about the yeah. the pillow pyro.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. His name sounded super familiar. Wham-ball. Wham-ball. Wham ball. That was like episode two. Yep. <laughs> but he refused it because he did not think that this nationwide dragnet concept would work mm. in Idiot. the United States. I'll Wrong. just keep writing
0: books, I guess. <laughs> Boring. Well, he probably
1: was justifiably under the impression that we were all too fucking lazy to actually like <laughs> call do well, anything and it was definitely about it. like
0: a new television genre concept it was stateside. untested. Yeah, so it was untested, it was untested exactly. Untested, yeah.
1: Also considered were former Virginia governor Chuck Robb, it's former Gina. Oklahoma, Virginia, <laughs> whatever, move on. <laughs> former Urgina <laughs> governor Chuck <laughs> Robb former Oklahoma governor, Bob Curry, and recently resigned U.S. attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Can you imagine? I mean, maybe this would have kept, I don't know, kept him from going
0: completely
2: off his rocker. Going but completely rogue. Maybe not. I couldn't stare into that man's eyes week after week. They're too vacant. A lot of governors to be considered, which is odd, odd to me. Yeah. Like, you well, think they would just put out a call for someone with a great voice, like a movie trailer voice, like a wine and crime gal. Yeah. Anyway, we're trying to do,
0: (laughs) if you're trying to do like weekly calls to action to the American people, they Mm -hmm. probably do. We're looking for like someone with credibility, somewhat well-known, like trusted, recognizable American face who'd had like Mm -hmm. some traceable large amount of responsibility
2: was, yeah. was vetted.
0: hmm
2: But in
1: the end, they decided that a politician was not the way to go, no. especially like an active one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marine Corps commander PX Kelly, P90X. Journalists, P90X. Journalists Linda Ellerby and Bob fucking Woodward Whoa. were also considered Oh, good. Well At least
0: one woman made the short list.
1: Two, mm-hmm. as well as oh, victim's advocate Teresa Saldana, okay. were also potential candidates, but none of them quite fit. And Bob slash, Woodward they said no. had more important work to do. Thank God Bob Woodward did not get sucked into this shit. He mm-hmm. had woodwork to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Beautiful craftsmanship. Enter... John Walsh, Shallow Sage ni- left. Sage left. Born in 1945 in Auburn, New York, Walsh attended Our Lady of Mount Carmel High School, graduating in 1963. In 1971, he married Ravee Drew while attending the University of Buffalo, graduating with a BA in history. Mm. The Walshes settled in South Florida, where he became involved with building high-end luxury hotels. What a life! This next segment is from Wikipedia and trigger warning because it's brutal. And I didn't, I wasn't aware of all the details yeah. before. And it's Y'all. really sad. I don't think yeah. I know all the details, but I know some of it. Here we go. In the summer of 1981, Walsh, John Walsh, was an official with Paradise Island Hotel and Casino in the Bahamas and worked in Hollywood, Florida. We've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where Barbie Joe's tchotchkes mm-hmm. were. whatever. home of gator bats. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. He and his wife, (laughs) Revae, had a six-year-old son named Adam. On July 27th, 1981, Adam was abducted from a Sears department store at the then-named Hollywood Mall across from the Hollywood Police Station. Revae had left Adam in the toy department at a model video game console at the Sears while she looked for a lamp. Which is like such a normal Mm -hmm. thing to do. That should be safe Mm -hmm. to do. There mm-hmm. is a photo on the drive, which will be on the blog, of the video game console, which I just thought was super eerie. Like it was crime scene oh, photos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like these
2: I don't know, still that just exist. really brought it
0: home for me. Mm-hmm. Like at Target. You can test out Animal Crossing mm-hmm. yeah. before you buy it.
2: And he was so little. He was such six. a little
1: toothless When she peanut. returned several minutes later, Adam was missing. Mm. Police records in Adam's case, which were released in 1996 show that a 17-year-old security guard instructed four boys to leave the department store, and Adam has been thought to be one of them. So the 17-year-old security guard is just like, you kids are loitering. Get out. You don't have money to spend here. Leave. To a (laughs) six-year-old. Yeah, you You wouldn't immediately be like, let's find your mother. Well, nowadays you would. Nowadays you would, but... I don't know, and he might this have just kind of that been caught long up. Ago. He might have been caught up, like hanging out with these older boys, and the security guard was like, "All of you, get out." Mm. Yeah, maybe no. the older
2: boys were like, "You know, move over, kid," and they were playing the video game, and he was watching them. And then the security guard told them to leave, and so he just kind of followed because he's maybe. six. Maybe
1: he's, he's six. Anything could have happened. But it's not like they had security footage then. Mm. Okay, so sixteen days after the abduction. His severed head was found in a drainage canal 120 miles away from his home, and the rest of his body was never found. So, Holy we actually shit. don't know.
2: We don't know if he was abducted inside the store or right outside the store. We
0: know. Or if mm-hmm. he wandered around because he was kicked out, side of the road, someone mm-hmm. picks him up. Like, there's, there's so a, many things that could have happened.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tragic lack of details. Mm-hmm. I didn't go super into this case because A, I didn't know if one of you two was going to, and B, it's a whole case. It's a whole yeah. fucking thing. Right. right, 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 right. Um, so many names had been mentioned in connection to the case since the murder, but detectives kept returning to that of
2: serial killer Otis Tool. Oh no. Could be Otis, but I think it's Otis. Otis Tool. I've heard both. I think it's Otis, but I don't know.
1: I'm gonna go with Otis. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about honoring this man's first name. Right, yeah. by
0: getting his fucking name right. Yeah.
1: This tool. This tool. Yeah. John Walsh had long said that he believed that Tool, who was a drifter, which mm-hmm. of course is not reason enough to suspect him of a crime, but. But still. Was responsible for the crime, saying investigators found a pair of green shorts and a sandal similar to what Adam was wearing at Tool. So they found these things at Tool's home in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, Wow. Mm-hmm. In January 2007, deceased serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer fell under suspicion for the murder of Adam. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit.
0: This kid would have been a little too young young for Jeffrey Dahmer, Mm -hmm.
1: though. Also, like, was he in Florida this time? I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: I think he was still in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Who knows? Um, This speculation was quickly discounted by Walsh in an America's Most Wanted statement on February 6, 2007.
2: And yeah, Dahmer would have kept—not to be like disgusting about it—but Dahmer would have like kept the remains.
0: Well, the body was never found, just the head, oh, so right, that's right, right. possible. But Dahmer was would more have kept into the head. Like, Well, and Dahmer also engaged in sexual activity with most of his victims. That's like how he lured them in. Yeah, they were like so like in little their children, late teens, and 20s. right. A six-year-old is not six-year-old. I don't
1: think that doesn't fit that. with
0: his mo right at um, all.
1: Right. We just solved it. Well, yeah. I also think, so that, that speculation was sort of around 2007, mid-2000s, when, like, there seemed to be a resurgence in interest in, in serial killers like sure, Jeffrey right. Dahmer. And people mm-hmm. so to maybe that was tie just a, them all together. Yeah. It might have just been a simple thing, whatever. A mm-hmm. podcast having a conversation that was way off base. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a tragedy. Yeah. Tool, the prime suspect in Adams' abduction and murder, died in prison in 1996 while serving a life sentence for other crimes. The Hollywood Police Department officially identified him as Adams' killer on December 16, 2008, and the case was considered closed. There's a photo on the drive of—several photos on the drive of— um, John and his wife and, like, them kind of reacting to things in court. Mm-hmm. And there's also one photo of, like, the day that their son's case was officially closed. Mm-hmm. It's just really sad. End of Tool, who is
2: the creepiest Ugh. living man. Tool is Gusting. so creepy. He's, so fucking creepy. He's what you picture in, like, your yeah. worst nightmare His eyes are melting scenario. away
0: from each other, like, sliding off of his face. There's his those no... are what my boobs do when I lay on my back. <laughs>
2: oh no. <laughs> There's no naming feature of his face. Not a one.
1: He yeah. There's
2: there are he has there are
0: several Oh, things I have wrong to navigate away because he stares at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's awful. No, But also mm-hmm. Adam mm-hmm.
1: is so fucking cute. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. His little toothless grin and his little baseball picture. He's so precious. Mm-hmm. And normally
2: I'm all about severed heads, but not when it's a coming off of boy. a six-year-old. No, not a, no. no, there's nothing. It's just horrible no. and tragic, no, and shouldn't yeah. have happened. And there mm-hmm. are monsters out there, and and it's amazing that this television show brought at least a thousand of them to justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So over the years, Tool has twice confessed to the killing.
1: But both times, he later recanted his admissions. Mm-hmm. In addition to the Walsh murder, Toole had claimed responsibility for hundreds of other murders. But police determined that most of these confessions were lies. So, like, we still don't really know if it was him. Yeah, we don't know mm-hmm. for sure. And we probably never at will. This, at this point in history, sure, it might as well have been him. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this boy is dead. That guy is dead. <sighs> Yeah. What, uh, there's just so much pain in this whole story that's just
0: such a tough spot to be in though because yeah the child is dead but there's all this family left behind that now have to accept that this is the most likely mm-hmm. answer but they will never know for certain and that mm-hmm. would be really hard to reconcile every mm-hmm. single day yeah,
1: yeah.
2: you just kind of have to choose to believe something and
0: mm-hmm. go yeah. that way
2: and also, if you want more information about this case, there are plenty of podcast episodes that that just mm-hmm. focus on this case. And we oh, yeah. need to, you know, sadly move on and cover other things. But I know for a fact that, like, fairly recently, maybe in the last few months, My Favorite Murder covered mm-hmm. this case kind of more in depth. And, and mm-hmm. there are plenty out there. So check Crime them out. Crime Junkie has covered this, too.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, like, a billion others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're interested mm-hmm. So following Adam's murder, the Walshes have done a ton of work. Mm -hmm. They founded the Adam Walsh Child Resource Center, which is a nonprofit dedicated to legislative reform, which later merged with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, where Walsh serves on the board of directors. They organized a political campaign that eventually led to the creation of the Missing Children Act of 1982 and the Missing Children's Assistance Act of 1984, the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act was signed into law by George W. in 2006, which focuses on a national sex offender registry, tough penalties for failing to register as a sex offender following release from prison, and civilian access to state websites that track sex offenders.
2: So are sex offenders not automatically registered when they leave prison? Uh, there is. Are they, no. Or they have to like update their I think you have to address. register
0: with where with you your, reside.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. Because I personally know somebody who's a giant piece of shit, so if anybody who lives in Des Moines probably knows who I'm talking about, had at least one, I'm pretty sure two, like, underage sex offenses on his record, refused to register, and also uh, stole tips from his employees, mm. and never paid taxes, and moved to Portland. Fun. Cool. It's Portland anyway. problem now. Actually, I think he was run out of Portland too because Good. a lot of people in Des Moines were so incensed that they just like <laughs> followed him, <laughs> doxed the motherfucker. Followed yeah. It, doxed mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Anyway, but yeah, he, it's, it. you need to register where you live, where right. you're moving to if
2: you are a sex offender. Right. So that feels like an easy way to get out of it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're definitely like in the system. So mm-hmm. say you don't register and then and you, then get, you pulled get pulled, pulled over for like, yeah. yeah for a traffic infraction and then they look up your id and then it's like oh you're not registered in this like you will you will incur more charges right and then you're probably going to fucking go back to jail
1: right i think it's a lot harder though to actually enforce to actually enforce it this Mm -hmm. which is why this particular guy that i'm thinking of got away with all of this shit he just didn't do it Mm -hmm. it's kind of like not paying your taxes in that it's bad, and eventually it might catch up to you. But, but if you like, don't owe too much. Yeah, yeah, but also it might not. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that that is it, it, it's, it's far from perfect, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Great. So following Adam's abduction by the late 1990s, a bunch of malls, department stores, and other big stores have adopted what's known as Code Adam, which is announced when a child is missing inside a store or if a child is found by a store employee or customer. All the doors are locked, and a store employee is posted at every exit. Where the, while a description of the child is broadcast over the intercom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I'd never heard of this. I've never mm-hmm. apparently, Experience yeah, apparently it. used, it's a, but it's a regular thing. Yeah, I've heard from people who were like, "Yep, this we're trained on this. We mm. do this happens, happens. That's fairly yeah. frequently." So the the code Adam was
1: the predecessor to an Amber Alert, mm. which I feel like is we all know what that is. We all know what mm-hmm. that is. John Walsh continues to testify before Congress and state legislat- state legislatures on missing children and victims rights issues. Mm-hmm. And of course, no person is without their faults. Certainly John not Walsh- a white guy. No, certainly not.
0: John Walsh <laughs> has of which.
1: had his share of controversies as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. He generated a great deal of controversy during a summer press tour in 2006 when he stated to the media he had jokingly told senators to implant, quote, exploding chips in the anuses of sex offenders. He stated, quote, I said implant it in their anus and if they go outside the radius, explode it, that would send a big message. Walsh stated that this was a joke. But that, quote, nobody thought it was funny (laughs) because it's not. Well.
0: Just like drink bleach and stand in the hot UV sun is just a joke. Yeah. Strong lights inside
2: the body. At the end of the day, he is the father of a victim of a likely sex offender. I get it. Oh, honey, we're not even... I that's got just, more to go.
0: That's just the the benign oh. stuff.
2: <laughs> Should there's I not be defending him because I don't more know to I any hold of off. this? Maybe you know, hold off. Just hold off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just hold off. Okay. okay never mind. W- Walsh also
1: <laughs> faced criticism when he advised women to never hire a male babysitter, which was seen as a blatantly sexist remark. That's because bullshit. Because it was. Yeah, that's not cool. "Quote: It's not a witch hunt," he said. "It's <sighs> all about minimizing risks. What dog is more likely to bite and hurt you? A Doberman, oh, not for a poodle. Which That's is actually not true. Not true. Yeah. It's about
2: socialization. Jesus
1: fucking and, Christ! Don't email
2: me. Oh, we're <laughs> talking about dogs. Oh, okay, I was going back to people. I was like, is it about socialization?" Is so, the poodle uh, about socialization? He
1: said a Doberman is more likely to bite you than a poodle. Mm-hmm. And Depends. then likewise, who's more likely to molest a child? A male. Well,
2: it's, I mean, statistically, statistically,
1: yeah, but sure. Uh,
2: but it's these are hard not to make apple, those blanket statements. These aren't yeah. apples to apples either. Yeah. Also,
0: like you are now a respected and well-known like spokesperson and public figure.
2: And you have to watch what you say. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the thing is it's like you can feel this way. Yeah. And you can choose not to hire a male babysitter and shit on Doberman Pinchers in the comfort of your own fucking home. (laughs) Don't bring this shit into like my spaces.
1: I don't present it as fact. to
0: Everyone.
1: Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay, we got more to go before Kenyon okay. jumps to his defense. Again. You want to defend him so badly. <laughs> well, Just he's don't. the
2: father of a victim. Of
1: a we'll get to it. Well, I don't know have anything sisters else about that are him. I know, I'm about to tell you more about him. John Walsh also admitted in his book, Tears of Rage, that he began dating his wife when he was in his early 20s and she was 16 years old, which would have made... Which would have made him subject to the sex offender registration under the law, which he aggressively promoted. And yes, that is in New York State at the time when he started dating his wife. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some have accused him of creating, quote, predator panic. For example, he testified before Congress on February 2nd, 1983, where he gave an unsourced claim of 50,000 abducted and 1.5 million missing children annually. He testified That's that the U.S. That is, yeah, he's quote, just making shit up. Yes, he testified that the U.S. is quote littered with mutilated, decapitated, raped, strangled children. When in fact, a 1999 Department of Justice study found only 115 incidences of stereotypical kidnappings perpetrated by strangers. So, like the kind of kid abduction, right? That, that he's that had to. happened to his son. His son. Yeah, mm-hmm. about 50 of which resulted in death or the child not being found. There are also some shadowy monetary issues as well with their private charity. Mm. To Kenyon's point, none of this negates the important work that the Walsh family has done. But I'm simply pointing out that nothing is ever black and white. Mm -hmm. Nobody in particular, not white dudes, are not problematic. Well, and trauma can often and trauma, create yes.
0: prejudice too that is really like toxic and damaging and it's, it's and really hard to reconcile. Yeah, He
1: has gone through, he and his family have gone through so much shit it would be impossible for this kind of stuff not to bubble
2: up to the surface. Mm-hmm. And it's so kind of an, an a, you know, out there choice mm-hmm. to have someone who is a victim's family member be, then, be the face of this. The, yeah. I mean, that's a very heavy mantle to bear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I just wanted to
1: I just wanted to bring this up to not paint John Walsh as, as
2: this. Some sort like, of
0: saint. Yeah. As
1: a saint. I don't want to Yeah.
2: Right. If, He's not Mr. Rogers. Mm-mm. He is not Mr. Rogers.
0: Only Mr. Rogers is Mr.
2: Rogers. Don't
1: I'm- email me about Mr. Rogers's I can't skeletons. I can't handle it. I can't.
2: It. No. And I hope they are not out there and I, I don't want to know.
1: I don't want to know. Take it if they are. So here's a little fun fact. When America's Most Wanted debuted, the show's first toll-free hotline number was 1-800-CRIME-88. So it was like 1-800-274-6388. So that spelled out crime. Mm-hmm. The last 2 digits of the hotline number changed each year between 1989 and 1993 at the start of a new year. Until 1994, when the 88 number was reinstituted permanently as the hotline number, with 88 now standing for TV. But yeah, like, just stop changing it. Don't make it idea harder. was that?
2: Yeah, uh, they weren't thinking about it. That's so fucking stupid to me. Yeah, don't have a year be part of your yeah television Permanent hotline. We want the number to be your super easy. Name.
0: Yeah, to
2: remember
0: and just not change one mm-hmm. 800 It's not that hard. Exactly. God.
1: So idiots. while the premise of the show suggests a tie to the FBI's most wanted list, it isn't exactly aligned with it. Mm. John Walsh has his own dirty dozen list that features criminals at large who have been profiled on the show. The FBI's list, of course, changes fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. So the FBI's list will change if the suspect is captured, dies. If charges are dropped or if the FBI decides that a replacement should take priority. Mm -hmm. And occasionally they will put up an 11th suspect Mm. if they're all like super duper dangerous. Mm. Um, The FBI's 10 Most Wanted started out as basically just a self-promotional news article in the International News Service. J. Edgar Hoover and the International News Service's editor-in-chief William Kinsey Hutchinson wrote it together in 1949. So they basically just wanted to show the public a list of all these like tough guys Mm -hmm. that the FBI was tracking down. It's the first listicle. It's a listicle. Mm -hmm. It's clickbait. So people loved it so much that it has just been a standing list since then, since 1949. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, last but not least, currently on the list is Jason Derrick Brown. Mm -hmm. One of you covered him. I did. Yes. So he was like the California surfer dude who like shot and killed an armored car driver in Phoenix and rode off on a bike.
2: Yeah, he was like a former Mormon turned like scammer surfer. No es mormon, no more. Yeah, no es mormon.
1: And he looks like Blortney's ex-boyfriend. He does. (laughs) Surfer, blonde hair, green eyes. Oh, that Spicoli, Spicoli. He looks
2: like exactly like Spicoli.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my background for you for America's Most Wanted. Well done. I
2: learned a lot.
1: It was kind of a roller coaster of emotions for me. Mm -hmm. A lot that I wasn't expecting, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right. Well, should we hear a quick word
2: from our spancers? Yep. Do it. It's finally October. (laughs) Spoopy. That means costumed tricksters and ghoulish beasts. Plus, Lots of candy, of course. Like, maybe too much candy. Yeah, here's a treat. Even your favorite mobile puzzle game, Best Fiends, is getting into the Halloween spirit. And you won't want to miss the spooky levels, outfits, and challenges Best Fiends puts on all month. Just one more fun way to enjoy spooky season to the fullest. Mm -hmm. It's how I decompress. Mm -hmm. How
0: Mm -hmm. I channel my rage, and How you boredom. cope with the It's how world. I cope with just the garbage sphere we call planet Earth. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, one of my favorite things about the game is all of the seasonal switch-ups, because I feel like I play a lot of mobile games, and they just get really repetitive and really boring. They don't refresh. And mm-hmm. Best Fiends seasonally Changes up the game. It's amazing. So there's like different challenges that you get. Right now, I'm currently on level 1415. Oh, goodness. And Josh oh, I'm Mark way from, behind. Yeah. But Josh Hallmark from True Crime BS is still like slaying me. Uh, is I he? Keep, yes. I keep trying to catch up and I, I can't. This is a rivalry that. Really consumes a lot of my time. And well, I is. used
1: to be proud of being at level 374, but. You know what? You gotta anymore. start somewhere. <laughs> it's
0: amazing. Um, it's really, really fun, and I'm connected in the game through facebook so i can like see my friends playing and pass them and celebrate or not pass them and not (laughs) celebrate shame them yes uh send them little like gifts and power-ups and all kinds of fun stuff and it's really nice to have like all these friends that are playing this game it's really awesome it just Mm -hmm. keeps that friendly competition going you know
1: yeah, it is also truly boredom's worst nightmare. Best mm-hmm. Fiends is the infamously impossible to put down puzzle game that is free to download. This five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Over a hundred million downloads. Like, y- yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the proof's in the pudding, y'all.
2: Mm-hmm. Welcome.
1: Welcome to the club. Get, mm-hmm. get on our level.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Seriously, mm-hmm. once you download Best Fiends, boredom won't stand a chance. And we all love a good challenge, and Best Fiends give you over 5,000 challenges. Mm-hmm. They also add those seasonal elements that I mm-hmm. love because I'm obsessed with Halloween. So any little thing that gives me like some orange and black or like a jack o' lantern or a bat. Oh, oh yeah. I'm there. So, more levels, events, and challenges are added all the time, which means you don't have to choose between binging and boredom. In
2: fact, you might find yourself wondering how you ever found time for a dull moment before. So, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. This case is horrible. Great. But what there is, is justice at the end. Okay, so that is the bright spot, bright side, bright side. And the criminal that I'm talking about is Ricky Allen Bright-ish.
0: Hmm. Mm.
2: Ricky Allen. Rickets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Allen Bright.
2: Pretty much all Allens, except Uh-oh. my grandma. Almost all Allens. Pretty um, much all Allens. Ricky Allen Bright was born in 1954 and grew up in Charleston, West Virginia.
0: Virginia.
2: West Virginia. Urjana. Urjana. <laughs> he was the oldest of four brothers and was primarily raised by his grandparents because both of his parents were largely absent. And I don't mm-hmm. really know why, but it doesn't sound like a great home life. Possibly some drug use. I don't know. According to his own account of his life, which may or may not be accurate because sometimes these guys make shit up to get... Totally. ...attention or sympathy. Mm-hmm. But according to his own account, his grandfather introduced him to alcohol at age two or three. A uh, little young,
0: although... <laughs> Some whiskey on the gums of a teething child mm. never hurt anybody.
1: I mm. think that's different than introducing to <laughs> oh, alcohol. Oh, for sure. That, oh, was, my God. That's bad. Mm. Not great. Can you imagine a drunk baby? Oh, That's so disturbing. And yeah. annoying. <laughs> but also remember that drunk baby on our flight from. That
0: baby was so cute was and one of our, so drunk.
1: One of our connecting flights when we went the to South Africa. The baby was drunk? For The Kenyon's baby was
0: actually drunk. But I we'd think it been, was
1: drugged.
0: This baby had been on a transatlantic flight mm-hmm. to God knows wherever you got married. <laughs> and like this woman was a, was flying alone with this infant child and like the Emirates staff were like, taking turns rocking oh. i mean the baby was really good but when we saw that baby's face that baby was like blasted out of its mind it was just baby tired drunk. it was either yeah. baby
1: it was just straight baby tired but also we didn't hear a peep out of it Exhausted. it was on two of our flights mm-hmm. which That's makes me amazing. think that it was drugged but it was like Ugh. that baby <laughs>
0: traveled way better than we did scott's the one who spilled red wine all over the airplane <laughs>
1: Scott sprayed his red wine <laughs> it like, was like I don't a hose. know how it got
0: <laughs> as far
1: as it did.
0: Well, it got that far because every time the cart went around, we were like, "Yes, more." <laughs> and <laughs> then we were the- drunk and watching like Armageddon together on the plane. Alcohol planes.
2: on planes also gets to you faster. There's something oh, about yeah. like the elevation,
0: the altitude.
2: Anyway, okay, okay, it was amazing. this awful murder. Okay, drunk babies. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, Bright also claimed to have suffered multiple head injuries at the age of four when he was uh, when the car that he was riding in was hit by a drunk driver and he was thrown into the dashboard. Maybe Ooh, he dear. was drunk driving at the age of four. At the age Maybe of four there, four. there was a drunk
0: be. baby behind the pa- the driver's yeah. seat of that car. Yeah. Oh, and was so we've a baby got, off.
2: We've got parental neglect, we've got alcoholic grandparents, guardians. And from a young age, and we've mm-hmm. got head injury. TBI.
0: Yeah. Perfect storm.
2: Yeah. Great. Good start to a- To a life. Successful this life. This is a
0: win on the gonna be a murderer bingo card. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh,
2: yeah. We're already real close to bingo. Mm-hmm. I haven't even
0: use the free space yet. Ricky. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Bright continued to drink alcohol throughout his childhood and teen years. He dropped out of high school in 10th grade- and at the age of 20, he married his 16 year old girlfriend, Kathy Ann, who was already pregnant. It's John Walsh. No. <laughs>
1: I'm kidding.
2: Oh, but he was in his early 20s when he
1: <laughs> started dating his That's the joke, girlfriend. girl. I got yeah. it. That was it. <laughs> I got it now. She's That's following. the
2: joke, girl. <laughs> that was the
0: joke. <laughs>
2: So the couple went on to have four children in quick succession, moving around uh, to several different towns in West Virginia, Ohio, and North Carolina. With, they're Catholic. Mm. With Ricky earning money as a handyman. I almost just <laughs> no, hired him. It. Oh, oh no. Nah. And by playing gigs with various country music bands. And this job also like always provided him with access to alcohol because if their band wasn't getting paid very well at a gig, they would at least be given, you know, like free booze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As we know, our podcast job provides us with easy access to free alcohol.
0: (laughs) Oh, sure. The drink tickets are my favorite part. (laughs) We're paid in drink tickets and Best Fiends gold.
2: Some (laughs) venues are very stingy with the drink tickets, I must say. Mm -hmm. They saw us coming from a mile away. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to drink us out of house and home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in the late 1970s, Ricky Allen experienced a succession of, uh, again, according to him, extremely distressing events. One of his brothers was badly injured in a car accident and his beloved grandmother died. Reflecting on this time period, Ricky Allen would later write, quote, in in the third person, quote, was all caps. Sorry. (laughs) Was all this too much for Ricky to live normally under? Clearly, yes. Apparently, yes. <laughs> sir, your tweets. I
1: say that to myself every morning. Was yeah. all
2: this too much, too for, much Lucy for Lucy to live, to live normally, normally under? under. <laughs>
1: I screamed that to myself (laughs) while I was watering the trees earlier in not my own backyard. Lucy's
0: own manic inner monologue coming out in bursts of rage
1: is like All caps rage in third person. Lucy is not
2: feeling this right now.
1: No. Actually, Lucy started a list earlier today of all the things that bother her. Yes. Because it was just one of those days I needed to get it out.
0: I kind of want to hear a couple
1: things yeah, off the Yeah, I do. If we have time okay. at the end. Okay. My keys, too many keys on my key ring. My keys are too big. I don't want to be that kind of person. Got it. I have had two bags of clothes to drop off at Goodwill in the backseat of my car for months. Got it. Yep. I have a... Ziploc bag full of batteries that I don't want to just throw away because that's irresponsible, but, like, yeah. what
0: the fuck do you do with them? Look up your local battery dispensary.
1: I have. Okay. I just haven't taken it. Yep, Whatever. Got it. Got it. Kay. Add it to the bag she, she's, not she's not seen. looking for solutions.
0: <laughs> I also slammed Fair. my
1: finger in a drawer
2: the other day. It's oh, gray.
1: Look at the fingernail. <laughs> it
0: is gray. Can't it's, it's the middle gray.
2: finger. Yes, that's not good. One. That is... <laughs> not good compare it to the other one my lucy. god it's really gray <laughs> yeah I, oh hate them lucy's not doing great right to now to live normally
1: under <laughs> she's
0: losing it
1: but i showered
2: today good
0: job <laughs> Let's honey keep
2: going okay so <laughs> as as lucy will eventually do Ricky oh, would snapped. later refer back to these stressful circumstances <laughs> in order to downplay and justify his unjustifiable crime. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost there.
1: <laughs> I'm close. I'm texting
2: Corey okay, to tell
0: him to get
1: out of the house. <laughs> he's out. He saw okay. the writing on the wall. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: Okay, get your laughs out now because this crime is fucking horrible. Oh, okay. good. Jesus, fuck. Down okay. to the hatch. Go. Yeah. Go. Okay. So, in 1979, he kidnapped and sexually assaulted a seven-year-old girl in Gastonia, North Carolina. Oh, that's I'm not sick. gonna go that far. Yeah. The crime took good. place at. The crime took place <laughs> at a bowling alley called Major League Lanes. How dare where,
0: you ruin bowling like that, you fucking asshole? We'll get also to the like bowling also like this person's life, but still. Don't We're sully the, the great name of bowling yeah. with your heinousness. <laughs> great name.
2: Where Bright worked as a repairman. Because there's nothing creepier than like. Than a bowling alley Bowling repair. alley man. <laughs> Isn't that Which like. like next you know, level creepy okay, all god's but jobs but this also, is just
1: in like 79 i'm assuming they maybe didn't have the automatic put the pin put the pins back up so there was there were people lurking behind yeah. to set the pins Creatures, back up yeah. just
2: yeah. really More high people. teenagers
1: yes with b- heavy balls flying at your face yeah well,
0: there so goes my social life
1: this <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Go a little girl was
2: harmed. Let's yes. get back to it. I'm okay. coping
1: inappropriately. Okay. Story of my life.
2: So this is the story. His victim was at the bowling alley with her family that day. Nice little family outing. She remembers that when Bright approached her, she was playing an arcade game, so, so similar to Adam Again. Walsh. Ugh. And her parents were somewhere very nearby. They were inside the same building. Wait, she remembers, so she didn't get killed. We will get to it. Okay. Bright told her that he worked at the bowling alley and offered to give her a bowling pin to take home with her.
0: I would have said yes, absolutely. I would yeah. have taken that. Yeah. You feet. could get me now yeah. at 33 yeah. with the offer of a vintage 1970s bowling alley bowling pin. Yeah. Yes, sir. Or
1: just sir. a straight up you used anywhere. bowling pin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I have a a pair of used bowling shoes. I don't know where they're from. They're from Excelsior Lanes. They're from the (laughs) The, one in Shorewood. We all stole bowling shoes. That's why we're not allowed back. (laughs) (laughs) But he told her that she would have to follow him back out to his car to get it. Makes sense. It's
0: in a secure location. Yeah, get and it. And so
2: she did, of course. She's seven. Mm-hmm. He then told her that he needed to take his car to go get some gas and that she should come along. Oh, honey.
0: She just has no idea. She's just She's a baby. She's seven.
2: She's a baby. But you do what adults tell you to yeah. do mm-hmm. yeah. at seven and yeah. six. yeah. His victim remembers getting into his car when told and that the seats and the floor of the car were covered in empty beer cans. Oh, Ew. fucking course they were.
0: Be Gross. classy. Have them covered in empty sparkling water cans like my car is. <laughs> okay?
2: You're so hydrated. I know. She recalls knowing that something was wrong when Bright put gas in his car but then didn't return to the bowling alley yep instead he drove to a house she didn't recognize and got out to talk to someone leaving her in the car and then he returned, but instead of driving back, he drove her down a dirt road oh, and this then poor he girl. parked in an isolated area, told her to take off her clothes when she refused, he slapped her. Oh. Uh, yeah according to one newspaper account, quote he tried to rape her but didn't penetrate her. mm-hmm. Yeah. and then afterwards she remembers him hugging her With, oh, no god. and telling her he was going to take her to a motel Mm-mm. but instead he drove back towards the bowling alley and dropped her off in a nearby parking lot i mean thank god yeah which is like that's 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 amazing. like this uh, could have ended the fact so that he didn't kill worse. her is kind
0: of a miracle kind of yeah, a, yeah.
2: She remembers briefly being afraid that he would try to run her over with his car, but yeah. he just drove away, and she wasn't quite sure where she was. And then finally a kind stranger noticed her and helped her find her way back to the bowling alley and her parents, who had been, like, frantically searching for her. Oh, my God. And she, this part made me cry. She remembers her father hugging her so hard she could barely breathe.
0: Oh, I mean I get it, but don't kill her because you're so excited to see her. Oh, but, sir.
2: But I mean, I mean a I know. bear hug. Yeah. My grandpa used
1: to give me bear hugs and I could hardly breathe. They were my favorite thing. I mean, can
0: you even <laughs> imagine the relief that you must feel no after f- searching for your kid and then a,
1: a having a missing child mm-hmm. is my biggest fear. And I'm mm-hmm. not even a parent. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that mm-hmm. is, I can't
2: imagine. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. go there. So, very bravely, she and her family went to the police and based on her description of the man who had shoulder-length frizzy hair and glasses and who said that he worked at the bowling alley, they very quickly, police were able to arrest Bright and charge him with kidnapping and attempted rape. I right. would go so far as to say, Rape. Yeah.
1: Fucking that was molestation
2: at the least. Child rape. Yeah. Mm. He was sentenced to life in prison, but he almost immediately, once he got to prison, began campaigning for a reduced sentence.
0: A fucking course he did.
2: Yeah, because it's all about him. Mm-hmm. In 1981, he sent a four page letter to Jim Hunt, the then governor of North Carolina. And for him.
0: possible, you know, in the running. Candidate for, person, America's, for America's, most America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? You get oh one more God. governor. Oh my God. For him to commute his sentence. And according to one source who read the letter, quote, it's an extraordinary document written in the third person. Yep. As if he were describing a character in a dime novel. That so it's
0: shit and creepy. yes, I do want to read it. Yeah, oh
2: yeah. Oh we we have some prime quotes from it. The okay, third good. person thing is so, it me it's so, the so out. dissociative. Yes. It's creepy. Yeah. Yep. In the letter, Ricky Allen downplayed his crime, writing of that he was drunk and hadn't actually quote harmed the girl. Ugh. He just abducted
1: her, slapped her, molested her, took yeah. her down a dirt yeah, road. Glommed yeah. his- Abandoned
0: gross her. Gross dick and like just out of, from by the grace of God, wasn't successful in penetrating right. her. It, which it, under it, the it, eyes it, of the it, law it, it, it. was the only fucking reason you didn't yeah. get a solid rape charge. Right. It, which
2: is fucking bullshit, bullshit in and of itself. Yep. Because the experience is the same. Okay. Yep. The trauma is the fucking same. Yeah. yeah. And he claimed that he needed to be let out so that he could take care of his own children. Oh, good. He's got kids. Yeah. Great. He also claimed that he'd enrolled in AA and was studying to be a minister. What is with these guys going to
0: prison and Mm -hmm. then becoming men of
1: God? Yeah. Finding Jesus. So
2: gross. Referring to himself again in the third person, he wrote, quote, (laughs) Ricky has an uncanny knack for learning and achieving. His IQ is 118 plus. Okay. (laughs) Isn't that average? What is the average? I think that's average. I'll Google it. You can move on. And, quote, Ricky has the ability to excel if he can get the opportunity and assistance. Ricky is an exceptional case.
1: Average is between 90 to 110, 111 to 120 is high average, and 121 and above is superior. So he's high average,
2: according to him. According to him, he's high average. According
1: to Ricky.
2: Yeah.
0: He's high average.
2: Jim Hunt, the governor, ignored... The 1981 letter, but Bright continued to push for release any way he could. And ultimately, in the early 1990s, he was accepted into a program that prepared inmates with records of good behavior in prison, which is meaningless, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to pedophiles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for parole. Bright's friends and family and members of the clergy of the church he had grown up attending wrote dozens of letters in support of his early release. His victim, on the other hand, when she learned that Bright was being considered for parole, spoke out vehemently against his being released early. She wrote to the North Carolina Parole Board asking them not to approve his request. Mm -hmm. Is she like a full adult at this point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She never released her name to the press— yeah, uh, for fear that Bright might come after her after he was let out, but she asked that local newspapers print a photo of her as a young girl, like when it happened, oof, so that the public would understand how vulnerable she had been and consider other his other like potential victims, which mm-hmm. I just thought was like people could see their daughter in that right. picture, yeah, and, but despite all of this, in late 1994. She received a letter back from the parole board explaining that they decided to release Bright, but that he would be under strict supervision for months.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as if that's helpful and as if we have systems in place to actually right. effectively do that. No.
2: Because you know, especially the for are pedophiles. Like yeah. you'd what the supervision would have to be children are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In January of 1995, Ricky Allen Bright, now 41, was released on parole. He found a place to live in Wilkes County, North Carolina, in a trailer park at the end of a dirt road in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm -hmm. This is the grossest part. He styled himself as a reformed sinner who had discovered a religious calling. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. He attended church every Sunday, sang in a gospel choir, and dressed in dark suits, usually carrying a Bible under his arm. Oh, he's a Gilead commander. Yeah. Got it. He's doing too much. It's too performative. Yeah. It's like Trump with his Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A Bible. Yeah. Excuse me. A Bible. Just waving it around. Right. Pepper spraying peaceful organizers. So- his victim in the kidnapping was now 23 years old. And she told one newspaper, quote, I had this eerie feeling he was out there and he would do it again. Mm. And she was right. Ugh. Just eight months after his release, Bright committed an almost identical crime to the one he had gone to prison for. Mm-hmm. So, I
0: mean, this kind of behavior... Yeah, it's compulsive. It's compulsive. And if it can be
2: reformed,
0: it is through intense therapeutic measures that are I also are don't not, even
2: think, honestly, I don't in a lot think of cases that there is can't. statistical evidence No, there isn't. supporting I'm not that saying, it can be.
0: I'm not saying that there is, but mm-hmm. I'm saying even if it could, mm-hmm. the prison system is not built to rehabilitate yeah. Oh, there was offenders. no
2: rehabilitation done for Correct. this man
0: at all. There isn't ever any. Mm-mm. So we do not reintroduce offenders who are legitimate offenders back into society with the tools and the preparation to be able to exist in society safely mm-hmm. because that's not what the fucking prison system is about.
1: No. Mm-hmm. So this was doomed warehouse. from the
0: fucking start. Yeah. It was doomed from the fucking start. There's yeah. no fucking justice. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep getting drunk. Yeah.
1: Hence that island, that mm-hmm. island that Oprah talked about. hmm Mm-hmm. 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 You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I sound like a lunatic just saying that. That's right. You both know know what I'm talking about. Animal Crossing. The Criminal justice system
2: is flawed, hence Oprah's Oprah's Island.
1: Island. Oprah's Pedophile Island.
0: Okay, do not say Oprah's (laughs) Pedophile
1: Island. (laughs) That is not a
2: thing. (laughs) I'm Googling Oprah's Pedophile Island. Do not. I bet
1: you it gets a hit.
2: No. QAnon will definitely add you to their roster. It'll Oprah's get a hit from all of the
0: fucking Island. weird Republicans in Congress that believe in yeah. and I. Breitbart's going to be
2: like, yay, we got a new one.
1: Finally. Yes, it's the second hit. It's McNeil Island Correction Center, yeah, which ho- houses hundreds of dangerous sex offenders. So it was the second hit. The
2: first one was about Epstein. Okay. Anyway. So, <laughs> add around, this is another horrible crime. At around three in the morning on October 8th, 1995, Ricky entered his neighbor's trailer and abducted mm-hmm. the nine-year-old girl who was mm-hmm. living there with her family. And according to one source, this girl and her family attended the same church as Ricky. So he Of was, course, they're fucking yeah. neighbors. Yeah, they're neighbors. And of course, he's using his guise of being a yep. church, churchman a to pray on of children. God. Mhm. Yeah, it's his fucking hunting ground. Mhm. He drove the child over state lines, stopping in a densely wooded area of West Virginia where he beat and raped her. He then brought the girl back to his car and drove around with her for hours. Mm-hmm. So I think he was contemplating killing her. Killing her. Very she was awesome. at least abusing her again. Mm. This 9-year-old was able to convince him to let her go, and he left her by the side of the road about a mile from the trailer park where she lived. Good for her. Her mother, who had woken up to find her gone, had been frantically searching the area for her and was not able to find her until 2 p.m. that afternoon. What a brave child
1: for having been through this ordeal and then having the wherewithal to convince him Mm -hmm. to let her go. Mm Yeah, I would be— I would be wrecked.
2: I would be Mm -hmm. ruined. I wouldn't, I don't know. Well, you just don't know, actually. I have no idea. Yeah, but, I mean, that's possible. It's possible that you'd be catatonic from the trauma. And it's possible that you would do the same thing as her or anything in between. You just don't know. Mm. (sighs) So the family immediately went to the police to report what had happened and to identify Ricky Allen Bright. But when police went to his trailer to arrest him, he'd already vanished. Fucking duh. Fucking duh, he did. Yep. Bright's case caused an uproar in North Carolina over the issue of parole for sex offenders. Jim Hunt, who was still governor, publicly criticized the parole decision and wrote to the parole board in a letter that he was, quote, stunned that sex offenses against children weren't taken more seriously. Mm -hmm. Pay attention, Mm -hmm. Jim Hunt. Well, I mean, he was asked to... There's nothing he could have done before that, honestly. Like, he was asked by this offender to commute his sentence he didn't right you know yeah but but i
1: feel like as the the governor he
0: doesn't control the parole board though
1: right no i know that but yes hindsight is 2020 but i would think as the governor of a state you could promote certain legislation you could easily be aware, be
2: made aware of certain statistics that are plaguing your community right Mm
1: -hmm. That's all I'm saying.
2: In response, the parole board vowed uh, to review the process by which violent criminals are evaluated for parole. So, like, just the fact that they haven't been violent in prison Mm -hmm. shouldn't be the only criteria. Mm
1: -hmm. Especially
2: when it comes to compulsive behavior like
1: pedophilia. Right. That doesn't trigger that if there's no trigger around.
2: Right. 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 So— uh, Ricky Allen Bright was added to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list in November of 1995. Soon after adding him to the list, the FBI received a call from a man in Akron, Ohio, named Joel Brown, who owned the Parkside Mail Residential Hotel. Whoa. I bet he had the FBI on like speed dial. Yeah. M-A-L-E. M-A-L-E, Mail. Mail. Yeah. M-A-L-E
1: oh weird like, for,
2: men. Dudes. <laughs> for man dudes firm man for right firm men who have hit rock bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> the Whoa. parkside rock bottom male residential hotel i
0: want to drive by this hotel yeah. and snap photos through my window and never get out or go near <laughs> it
1: so- i would say though but that maybe that's Segregating it as a male residential hotel was actually the safer option, probably yeah.
2: than having like co-, co- you know. Mm-hmm. So according to Brown, Bright had rented a room from him from October 13th until November 11th. I mean, was this place like a designated halfway house or is it no. literally a hotel? It's a motel. It's a cheap, it's a long-term okay. week, motel you you know, for men. Yeah, like you can right. rent by
0: the week. And, then I stand by being gross out by Yeah, it's, yep. it's disgusting. But at oh, least it's just, gross. At least the confirming. owner
2: fucking watched America's Most Wanted and called the FBI.
0: Well, yeah, because probably his tenants are fucking on the show every goddamn yeah, weekend. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're on Speed Dial. Yeah.
2: It's like, oh, Ricky. 1-800-CRIME-TV.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So Brown described Ricky as, quote, Mr. Easygoing Guy, and unassuming fellow. Natch. In the short time that Bright had been living at the motel just a few weeks He'd found a job as a maintenance man at a nearby bowling alley. Stop. I mean, I mean do what Just you know. setting up those pins. Do what you know. And always paid for his room and utilities on time. On November 11th, he had checked out but did not say where he was going. A few days later, Brown had turned on the TV and saw a news story about Bright being wanted by the FBI, and so he called in to report. Mm-hmm. Bright was uh, spotted about a month later in Detroit, again at a motel. And once again, he had left by the time the FBI made it in time to investigate mm-hmm. the tip.
0: He's slippery. He's
2: slippery. They're close. They keep getting me. He's these-
0: greasing those lanes.
2: Mm-hmm. Ew. Yeah, he's slippery <laughs> as a bowling He's slippery, alley but lane. he's in the gutter. Oh. Ooh. He, their FBI is about to strike. Mm-hmm. Nice. You get it? I get it. That's great. <laughs> Then, in December of 1995, Ricky Allen Bright was featured on an episode of America's Most Wanted. I am Mm -hmm. dub. Calls reported sightings uh, of Bright began coming in almost immediately. One of these calls was from Nashville, and the caller claimed that they had seen Ricky playing drums in a local band.
0: Oh, that's right. He played
2: in uh, the country uh, country bands. Yep. The FBI investigated and found that, sure enough, Bright had been living under the name Alan Barker and had found work as a musician. Members of FBI's Violent Crimes Unit traveled to Nashville and found Ricky performing at a local hotel. And when I say performing, I mean he was mid-performance.
0: Incredible. When the (laughs) FBI
2: came in. Did they arrest him offstage? From the audience. (laughs) He was arrested at the motel he had been living at, and was convicted on rape and kidnapping charges, and sentenced to life in prison. But also, I read that when they first came in and arrested him, he said, "quote I'm the one you're looking for." Oh my god! A country Obviously. song in the making.
0: <laughs> what a fucking drama king! Is my case nice? Well, fuck that guy! A thousand yeah. Percent. yeah, fuck that guy! Piece of shit. Fuck well done. That guy. Not Love too you. bright
1: for being Alan such an above-average IQ. Yeah, yeah for one
2: eighty-one, just above average-ish. Jesus, brag about it. Well, well good done, job. Mama. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Let's Guess do so it. I. Get cozy this fall with comfortable, washable, and sustainable products from Rothy's. Three of the best ideas possible for yep. shoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. And the newest Rothy's styles include brand new bags, masks, and the return of their best-selling merino wool shoes Mm. made from a blend of their signature sustainable thread and their softest material ever. Oh, love them
0: getting the wool shoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not a joke that every single time we do a Rothy's ad, we buy more Rothy's because Uh Rothy's comes in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and they have a huge range of styles that's also, like, getting a fun refresh pretty consistently. So every time we get together and talk about Rothy's, we all check the website. We're like, all right, I need that. (laughs) And the bags are legit. I had a Mm -hmm. quite literal 30-minute conversation with my mother this morning just about Rothy's bags and which bags she should get. <laughs> the, she the reached out bag. to me. It wasn't even me that that started it. Hey, as long I, as she
2: uses our promo code.
0: Yeah, she's all about it. It's amazing. And that sustainability is no joke. Rothy's makes shoes and bags out of recycled plastic water bottles. And to date, they have transformed over 65 million bottles into beautiful products so you can really feel good about what you're buying. It's just an amazing, an amazing company we love them Mm -hmm.
1: Mm truly so check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothy's.com forward slash gals that's rothy's.com r-o-t-h-y-s.com slash g-a-l-s style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites head to rothy's.com slash gals today treat your feet Treat them so we just wanted to share with you this company that we recently discovered called Public Goods. Mm -hmm. It is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. You can get everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo, pet foods. Mm -hmm. Public Goods is your new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscientious customer. Mm. So, this might sound kind of dorky, but I recently got a bath mat from Public Goods. Nice. Oh, nice. I love like, a good bath mat. It's like white and nubby and it's mm. really soft and it's such a stupid thing to like
0: be really excited about. Move, yeah. but it's not stupid. Really really simple pleasures. It.
2: it brings you joy. Mm-hmm. I I got um like a bath sponge from mm. them and it brings me so much joy. For sponging yeah. you or for sponging the tub? For sponging me. Love it. <laughs>
1: I also uh, got a cedar and suede candle from them, which is lit at this moment because, you know, I light candles when we record. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. good. So rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. Their website is super easy to navigate. It's very simple to, like figure Mm -hmm. out. Also, Mm -hmm. they ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products
2: healthy and safe for humans,
1: animals and the environment. You gotta love that.
2: I also just love the aesthetics of public goods. It's all very, like, minimalist and, like, cool and chic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love knowing what's in your products and where they come from. That is so important. And, like, small changes in the way that we shop can make a big impact on both, you know, our personal health and also, like, the health of the world. Yep. Um, And they also use a membership model to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to their customers. Best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. And they plant one tree for every order placed. Get out of here. Yeah. Sustainable, beautiful, affordable. Love it.
0: That's amazing. And we've worked out an exclusive deal just for Wine and Crime podcast listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. Yep. You heard that right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. So you have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com forward slash gals or use code gals at checkout. And that, one more time, is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, to receive $15 off your first order. Treat all your goods. So this is the email that our fan picker Jen C sent in. So quote, the specific case I would like you to cover is Malika Griffin. She does have a snapped episode about her, which I highly recommend you watch. Spoiler alert. I did not watch it. I talk about that later. Um, She says, I have a very personal connection to this case because the person that Malika killed was my cousin, Jason Horsley. One of the earliest memories, one of my earliest memories when I was almost five was staying at my grandmother's for a sleepover When she received the phone call that Jason had been shot, I vividly remember my grandma crumpling to the floor while sobbing and being unaware of how I could comfort her. You're just a little baby muffin. You're five. (laughs) Almost Although Jason and I were about 20 years apart in age, him being one of the oldest grandchildren and me being the youngest, I know him to have been a kind and compassionate person. What Malika did was unforgivable, and so many members of my family have been affected forever. I feel angry that America's systemic racism and sexism ultimately led to her resorting to a violent act, and we will get to it. I can sympathize with the experience she must have had as a black woman living in this country and with her experience as a woman in a predominantly male-specific field, or scientific field. That being said, it does not excuse her actions, and I wish that she had used her education for good rather than evil and that our country gets a wake-up call about the way it treats people of color and women, yes. Mm-hmm. Jason will always be remembered in my family as a wonderful person, and I hope that a small part of him will be remembered by my fellow members of the wine coven. Hey, okay, wow. So, Jency, I'm really glad that you brought that up and that through this trauma, you're able to kind of see... Some of this perspective, and like I said, we'll get to it because I have thoughts on it as well, but this is a really tough spot that you're in, and I just, like, wish you all the best because this is obviously an extremely sad story. So here we go. First, I wanted to just start by saying that, like, I'm doing everything I possibly can to do this case justice, and as with any case that we cover, the victims of these crimes are remembered by family and loved ones, and this is no different, and, you know, is this is this man's cousin who died, and so... We want to treat this extra cautiously, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to I'm going to do the best that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Here we go. There isn't a ton out there about this case, but this is what I got. So Malika Temu Griffin was born on May 11th of 1971 in Mississippi. And though I couldn't find a whole lot about her childhood, it was noted in a few articles that Malika kept to herself. She didn't really have many friends and the friends that she did have, like they'd invite her to parties and stuff. And she was like "No, nah, and she studied really hard and like just kind of kept to herself. OK. After graduating magna cum laude from Jackson State University with a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry. So she's fucking smart. Damn. She packed her backpack and hopped the pond to Europe where she traveled alone for the better part of a year.
2: Traveling alone for a year is no joke. No joke. And in
0: a place she'd never been there. Yeah. So she was like very independent. She was super outdoorsy. She had like top of the line camping gear. Like she really enjoyed kind of like putting herself in, yeah, in like almost survival mode situations and like crushing Spending
1: for herself. Right,
0: yeah. So after Malika returned to the States, she settled in Denver, Colorado and landed a job at a local pharmacy. She found an affordable apartment next door to the home of a young couple, Jason Patrick Horsley, who is our fan picker's cousin, and Deborah Luzel, Lu- Loiselle? Luzel, who knows, papier Boucher. <laughs> After living there only a short time, it was immediately clear that Malika was not happy with her neighbors. And we'll kind of circle back on this a little bit, but like some reports said that Jason and Deborah had purchased and moved into what was previously a crack house. So it was like they were flipping the home and there's sort of a... Had to do a lot of work. Yeah, had to do a lot of work, but also like there's sort of that gentrification aspect to this that might have been a little bit challenging for Malaika to accept. So Jason was a carpenter... He was frequently working on projects in and outside of the house. Like, hi, welcome to home ownership. Sorry, my fucking life. Malika did not like <laughs> the noise or the clutter of tools and materials outside of the home. She also grew increasingly irritated with the couple's car being par- parked out front. And, like, Jason had this truck because he was a carpenter and he was, like, logging shit everywhere. And he was parked out front, like, on totally public property. I think she just didn't want to fucking look at it.
1: So... Oh, uh, I I... Clearly, I don't know exactly what happens next, but I will say that having a neighbor doing extensive renovations as being that neighbor very annoying,
0: Sure. None of this is a reason to kill anybody, but obviously sure. not.
2: I just but kind of like, my philosophy, and this is also true when we were renting and and had noisy neighbors on, you know, upstairs or downstairs, neighbors, whatever it's like, you let their shit slide and hopefully they'll let your shit slide. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure.
0: This isn't about that. Yeah, okay. At all. Okay. So, we're going to we're going to get to it, but like this is not just your run of the mill neighborly Okay. you know, disagreement. I- ir- ir- irritants. Right. So, okay. what began as like a curmudgeonly neighbor drama with strong words exchanged escalated one day when Jason left a ladder in the front yard part of which allegedly was on Malika's lawn. And Malika was so upset over this that she began to argue with Jason, which had kind of become like a pattern. Like they would encounter each other all the time. She'd be pissed that he was leaving a shit all over the place or outside working, whatever. Yeah, but it was bad enough that day that Jason and Deborah decided to like, just leave the house, let her cool off. Like they did not even want to be on their own property because their neighbor was freaking them out at this point. Then on May 18th of 1999, Malaika just lost it. She had enough. Okay. So Jason was unloading tools and materials from his truck. Is which this was par- soon
1: after the ladder thing?
0: Yeah. I mean, all, they, they lived next door to each other for like a handful of months. Like they oh, were not really? long time neighbors. This was neighbor. years. No. Damn. No. This was hmm. rapid. Okay. And Jason and Deborah were already living there when Malaika moved in next door. So Jason was unloading tools and materials from his truck, when he, which was parked out front. Jason, while unloading, had put some tools on the sidewalk with the intention of gathering them up and moving them inside, and in response to the mess, Maleka took a 9mm handgun, came outside, and shot Jason directly in the back. Some reports said that this killed him instantly, and some said that he died at the hospital a few hours later. Personally, I'm hoping it was the former and that he did not suffer.
2: Good lord! Yeah. Oh so, my word! Yeah, That's
1: an overreaction. Well,
0: exactly, and that we're gonna get to that part now. So, well, not now, but soon. So Malika then went to a friend's house after sh- after the shooting, and same nine millimeter handgun in hand, she demanded their vehicle so that she could escape. She did hold them at gunpoint to take their car, but she did not harm her friends. She then went on the run. She headed from Denver to Iowa City, Iowa. Ever heard of it? <laughs> It's unclear how long she remained in Iowa, but this is where the stolen car was found abandoned. Some bewildering items were found in her apartment back in Denver as well. Mm -hmm. These items included a 9 millimeter carbine, which I put a photo of it on the drive. I really was unfamiliar with this type of gun. It's like a larger gun that sort of falls in between a rifle and a pistol, but it's really scary looking. Oh, it's like an
1: automatic,
0: it's like an Al Pacino gun. It's a scary looking gun. They're, they're, Per, commonly purchased for she
2: doing with that self-defense.
0: Gun? Well, we'll get to it. Other things found in her apartment were hand grenades, books commonly owned by domestic terrorists, including the anarchist cookbook, home workshop silencers. This is a book that teaches you how to make them. And oh. the poor man's James Bond, all of these among a library of reading that she had cultivated that teach some pretty fucked up methods for inciting violence. Whoa. So they also found a diary that she had written And within its pages were Malika's innermost thoughts and pain and oppression that developed into a deep hatred for white people. Oh! So Malika was seen shortly after the shooting, boarding a bus from Iowa to Chicago. From there, once she reached Chicago, she completely disappeared. She'd already been featured on America's Most Wanted in early 2000 without any viable tips coming in. And in 2004, she was featured again. So now it's she's been evading capture for five years. That's
2: crazy.
0: Yep. And they run this story again on America's Most Wanted. And this second feature finally brought in some information. The episode was seen by co-workers of Malika who called the provided tip line. Malika had been going by Lake Griffin. So not exactly uh, an alias, like just a nickname. Same last name. Oh, really? So I don't yeah. know her oh, last uh, name was Her name Griffin. is Malika
1: Griffin. She was known by Griffin. Lake Griffin. Wow. Yeah, if you're going to change your name, like, fucking change it. Well, right. And a lot of, you know,
0: reports kind of point that out where it's like, yeah, she fled. But did she kind of want to be caught? You know, like, it's like she. Or like, could we have caught her reasonably right. if we had really, really sure. tried? Mm-hmm. So she was working at a biotech firm as a lab assistant outside of Chicago. Responding to the tip, the FBI confronted her and she immediately admitted her identity and was taken into custody. So she did not put up a fuss about that at all. She was charged with first degree murder, aggravated robbery and aggravated motor vehicle theft and returned to, Colorado's, uh, to Colorado to stand trial. The trial began on February 27th, 2006, presented in evidence where all of the items found in her home, including all the books, um, and readings from her diary were also presented to the court. And now I'm not going to read them because the language is super triggering, but this is where this gets very complicated. And at the risk of pissing people off, I'm just going to share my thoughts on this. And they're shots that clearly Gen Z also shares. Um, obviously, I do not condone murder. And this was a heinous act of violence. And like you said, it's totally unforgivable. But reading some of the diary excerpts, however, there's a glimpse there into years of pain and trauma and oppression that Malika experienced at the hands of white people. So I can't condone the violence of this case without also condoning the white violence that creates and contributes to the kind of pain and anger that allows this sort of thing to happen. Of course.
2: But it feels
0: it feels similar to the abuse becoming the abuser because of the history of pain and violence that creates more violence So, like, we talk a lot about the justice system and reimagining what that looks like. And I feel like this is a good example of evaluating, like, the why. Not to say that Malika does not deserve to see justice because she she does. She has to atone for her crimes. And also
1: the same thing with Kenyon's case, the grandparents introducing the child to alcohol. It's kind of like... right. Uh, We all have moments of like, oh, of course it turned out this way.
0: And when we pick apart like a lot of previous perpetrators, like you can kind of follow that line of like, this is kind of how that happened.
2: I guess. But I just think that, I mean, every every person of color has to contend with systemic racism and and, you know, discrimination and and everything every single day, and they don't go out and commit these crimes. And they're also not more likely to commit crimes, you know. Sure, and I'm not saying that they are. I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm just—I'm not talking—I'm just saying that, like, it feels to me like this is maybe more of a mental health crisis that went unrecognized, which also is a a factor of uh, of, uh, systemic racism, Mm -hmm. where, like, it's trauma either way. Absolutely. Where, like, black women are not, you know, uh, recognized as uh, suffering from mental health crises as frequently and it's noted as behavioral problems or it's ignored or it's, you know, suppressed or whatever. I just feel like a woman of color who is extremely upset about systemic racism who happens to murder her white neighbor, to me, that doesn't track. It it to me that's a mental health issue.
0: I think that humans are complicated enough where all of these things can be true. Right. So I think that it's. I mean, obviously, what pushes you over the edge is going to be different for every person, Mm
2: -hmm. and that
0: untreated mental health is a serious issue. And I mean, it's the same thing where you could, if you replace the race aspect with say a victim of abuse, where you know a, a history of abuse can in case in certain cases create an abuser or you know people can go in a different direction and it's a lot of like your how how you have resources for healing and how you have ways to cope with your circumstances all of that is factored in this is obviously not a black and white issue for lack of a better term and it's very complex but mm-hmm. we got an insight into her direct thoughts and feelings through her diaries and all of these things that she was, you know, compiling that, that were clearly coming from a place of absolutely some serious mental health issues. Because it really, like, it was odd to me because it sounds like what a domestic white terrorist has on their, like, on their bookshelf. Exactly. Like,
2: like yes. so If, it's, if, it's, if this were... perpetrator had been of any other demographic, we'd be talking about this in a very different way. You know I, mean, I mean, I
0: agree, but I also disagree because what took me to this place is her own diary where she is talking about her experiences and as a black woman. Right. And like Which her, I'm not trying
2: know. to not validate. I'm sure that I'm positive she experienced systemic racism and discrimination, especially mm-hmm. being a woman and a woman of color in a scientific mm-hmm. field. I mean, come on, like fucking triple threat. I At think the end all of, of
1: these all of these things can be true. Right. And um. I also what struck me when you were telling me about when you were telling us about her history, like camping and being super self-reliant and being out in nature and things like that, that mm-hmm. is an environment in which your quote unquote identity mm-hmm. that is placed upon you in your own culture and society gets to go away. Mm-hmm. So maybe she enjoyed that kind of. Some of the escapes. Solitude, that kind of escapism. And then when she gets back into renting an apartment in, mm-hmm. like, you know, Denver or whatever, you're so entrenched back into, like, society mm-hmm. that that just hit her even more hard because she had had some relief from I just, expectations right. and identity I just politics. think that, that, like,
2: the triggering event of her neighbor who happened to be white leaving tools outside or parking their truck outside of her home is not related enough to the trauma of systemic racism for it to really track in a very, like, clear way. You know what well, I mean? Well, maybe it's but not clear to you, but it was her clearly, it was. yeah, it was clear to her.
1: Yeah. And that's—I mean—that's just also the reality tra- of it. Trace back to some mental health issues. Right. Absolutely. Again, all of this can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's
0: yeah, it's definitely a gray area. But I just felt like it was definitely one of those things where it's like, okay. And we do this with a lot of perpetrators where it's like, all right, where were the failings along the way? You know, like with your guy, it's like, all right, here's the fucking serial killer bingo right. card. Like right. We're checking yeah. off all of He was given a really boxes.
2: fucking raw deal as a child. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm Plus, not trying to ignore any of that.
0: Right. Plus, clearly, what is going to take you from being pissed off that your neighbor is leaving tools in the street or on the sidewalk to shooting them in the back has a lot more going on than just, I hate white people, right? Right, But right. this is clearly a factor from her own words, which again, I'm not going to read, but they were there. They were presented into evidence and so, right. I understand where where there's a challenge following that line, but this is not an experience we've ever had, so like, we can't say that that line doesn't exist. So really, what what this made, like this made me think about is what we talk about frequently about the justice system is like, yes, punishment is part of it, right? But, like, mm-hmm. we also have to evaluate the why. And like you said, you know, especially black women are not valued the same way in, like, the healthcare field and the mental health field. So, like, if... if what resources were available to her? You know, like, what 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 systems came together to fail for this to well, even like, be able to fucking happen? Think
2: about how many, like, young middle-class white male terrorists fall through the cracks in terms of receiving mental health support that they so clearly need when so many red flags are there. Mm. And then just compound that by the fact that this is a woman of color. Like she had no hope of getting the services that she needed.
0: So, you know, at the end of the day, this whole thing is a painful reminder that we do need to like continue the work on dismantling the systems that continue to harm and oppress to the point where white violence creates a foundation for this kind of violence in all the different ways in terms of like not having the resources available, not taking these things seriously, the isolation, the systemic racism, all of it. It's all a factor. And this doesn't condone the violence. But like Maleka was pretty triggered, clearly watching gentrification like take place right next door. She already had written down her thoughts on how much she hated white people. It's just like it's really tough. This is a super challenging exercise and like recognizing the root causes of some of this behavior, which I feel like we try to get to when we go over really any case yeah. where it's like, we. this is why we start with this person was born at this time. This is what this person's childhood was like. Like our stuff is very curated to start with like the beginning of a perpetrator's circumstances because I think that the three of us collectively, that's why we have a background in psych portion. It's like, let's try mm-hmm. to unpack this and figure out, how and why this could have happened. And like, and I, that's
1: kind of why I felt weird and squeaky just saying the Otis, o- the Otis Tool guy who ki- presumably killed Adam Walsh was mm-hmm. a drifter. Right. I wasn't doing a full case. Like, I felt weird about just this is this guy, you know? And also
2: just because the background does really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to just, it's hard to do a bare bones case without doing a full case. For sure yeah but back to this case, like there's obviously a difference between like recognizing the perils of gentrification and like recognizing how problematic that can be and how mm-hmm. difficult it is a topic to deal with. I mean, it's definitely something that like I've had to try to wrestle with morally myself at mm-hmm. being a white person who has like lived in various neighborhoods and like considered buying and everything, and there's a difference between like. Having a stance on gentrification and like mm-hmm. quote unquote like hating white people, you know what I oh, mean? For sure. Like I just think again, I just think that this woman had fucking issues. She mm-hmm. had this gun in her home, and I just feel so much for the victim's family when, like, ultimately, this guy got shot for like he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Carrying he didn't fucking like carrying yeah. tools around, like it's right. so and
0: horrible. She had literature and and. Diary entries written that were like approaching an impending race war. Yeah, so, like this so, is
2: like she was going to hurt
1: someone. Right. Yep. I don't think anyone's trying to excuse the no. murder. No. Right. Right. Not the right. At motives all. Right. behind it at all. Right. Right. Not at all. We're just it's- trying to unpack.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's just it's an exercise in recognizing the root causes of some of this behavior. And also a staunch reminder of how, like, dismantling white supremacy is also a means of crime prevention is really what I'm kind of trying to get at. So it's not a simple answer in any way, shape or form. It's something to sit with. And, like, I had a hard time reading about this, you know, because we're all, I hope, doing anti-racism work right now. And to, like, read some of those diary entries was really hard. And clearly, Gen Z also has had access to some of that information. Right. And has, you know, take, has a similar takeaway. And then you also have to grapple with your own grief for having lost a loved family member who did not, you know, intentionally do any harm, was really just in the wrong place at the wrong time. She's a and victim. everyone in this situation is like. She's just a uh, victim. Exactly. Everyone in this situation is just like a subject of the circumstances. Right. And they're all, they're all fucked up and gray and shitty. Right. And it just sucks all mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So the trial lasted about a week, and the jury deliberated for seven hours before returning guilty verdicts on all counts, because, like, obviously that was going to happen. First-degree murder in Colorado has an automatic sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole, though she did file an appeal in 2009, but it was denied, and she is still in prison in a women's correctional facility in Colorado. Her story has been told on Snapped and Deadly Women on Investigation Discovery, but I haven't watched these episodes and I just wanted to finish it by saying that we're extraordinarily sorry for your loss. Like like we keep saying, this whole situation is so tragic and fucked up on like a million levels. And I really wish your family a lot of peace and healing. And I actually think it's pretty brave for you to reach out to a podcast that you enjoy and say like, hey, tell this story because that mm-hmm. wouldn't always be easy to hear it back in your headphones. So I hope that this could be at least like a little bit of a healing experience for you to, to share it with us. And, and our thoughts are with you all the way because this is like fucking bonkers. So, yeah. For
1: sure. Well, nice work. Yeah. And yeah. Our, One of the harder
0: ones for our, sure. Our love
1: is with you, Gen C. And special thanks to you this week for choosing yes. this topic. Because I really enjoyed it personally.
0: Mm-hmm. This was fascinating for sure.
1: Also, awesome. really made me want to watch more America's Most Wanted. Yeah. I had very wonderful flashbacks of my childhood TV experiences.
0: Well, let's take this time to go do it. And we just lost Kenyon. So, with that, we'll see you next
1: week.